Alrighty, so I, I think I have my tag for the intro. Alright, go for it, man. Folks, this is a catastrophic episode. I'm gonna fucking kill myself. I'm sorry, Tim, we can't, we can't use it. It's <laughs> 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 the problem with recording. Uh, it looks like we're gonna have to just go straight into this episode. <laughs> This 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 episode is this movie was a piece of shit. But uh <laughs> I so so here's the thing. I I watched it and I felt drunk half the time. <laughs> That's fair. I actually if I do want to cuz I've had a couple Minor accidents happened to me since the last rec- time that we recorded. Sure. So I do want I do want to cover those quickly, and then get right to the meat of this episode. Yeah, the real meat and potatoes. So I'm gonna start with before we started recording, I had a dentist appointment, and uh, so it was just a regular cleaning, and it turns out that I have a cavity, Uh-oh. which is a thing that I thought only eight year olds could get. <laughs> Like, I thought there was an age limit. It was like, once you turned, like, 14, it was like, well, you can't get cavities anymore. Certainly into your 20s. For for being 20 years old, feels bad. (laughs) 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 Feels like the sort of thing that should only happen, like, on Halloween. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was one thing. And then this was another kind of weird thing that happened to me is i got this job working for like a a pool company and so last week i was doing spa deliveries which is literally just me and a couple guys driving around in a van delivering hot tubs to people's houses which uh is is tough work because it's like a couple of guys trying to like carry a hot tub yeah it seems pretty heavy yeah and uh So how that goes basically is I get there in the morning, we put the hot tubs on our trailer and then we like call people, tell them that we're going to be there, like regular delivery stuff. Sure. And so one day things are going fine. I get to, you know, the part where I have to call people and be like, oh, this is Jameson from blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to be at your house at this time. And I get to the last call and I... Start the call, and there are two phone numbers on the paperwork. So I'm like, all right, I'll 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 go with this first one, which was a home number. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is the first one written down, so I'll go with this. I call it. I go, hi, is this... Sh-? Or actually, I'll say, hi, is this first name for an- an- <laughs> anonymity's sake? <laughs> uh... And he goes, no. I'm like, all right, this is a house number. I guess anybody could have picked it up. So I'll I'll go with the second name to uh, clear things up. I go, uh, first name, M. Cox? And he goes, oh, ha, ha, real funny, asshole. And then hangs up on me. <laughs> like, he thought I was doing, like, a bad version of, of, like, a Bart Simpson's prank call where it makes no sense, but... <laughs> 
it says Cox at the end, I guess. Yeah. So that was, it was like, I, I got like shell shock from that. Like I was just calling this guy and he goes, oh, f- real funny asshole. And then, so I was like, what the fuck did I do? So I, 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 I don't know how a mistake like that happens where we just got like the person's wrong phone number. Did you, what happened when you called the second phone number? The second one was fine. It was, was the, like, it, it was first name, last name, whoever, whoever yes. that may be. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that like shook me because it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's not that often that a stranger calls you an asshole on the phone. Yeah. You know, when you're just trying to deliver a hot tub, <laughs> dude, if that guy played his card right, he could have gotten a free hot tub. <laughs> he should have, man. He didn't. Well, I mean, he still would have. You pay after. You don't pay before. You know, that makes sense. That makes sense for a hot tub. <laughs> it, it's a pretty big buy. It's a lot of money. You don't want to mess that up. <laughs> Someone's paying $9,000 and it gets to, delivered to a Simpsons character. <laughs> it fucking gets delivered to Mo. <laughs> All right, so cats. Let's just get into let's it. Get it. Let's get into it. This... Uh, you texted me something last night that resonated uh, hella with me. Um, you said, I forgot the first 20 minutes of this movie give you whiplash. And that is exactly <laughs> how I felt. So much happens. This movie does not follow any type of, of st- story structure. Which, which is, Jameson, how well versed are you in, in the history of Cats? Not that well. Well, I was talking to a uh, mutual friend, Michaela Buckley, last night, and she said, I shit you not, Jameson, that they added plot to the movie, which yes. shocks me because I couldn't find it. In the research that I did, I did. They, they <laughs> added a new character and they added a song. Yeah, I think that seems to be the um, which it, it really messes with my head because Every 20 minutes, I thought the movie was about to gear into the plot, but it never does. I had to watch this movie with the subtitles on. I, holy shit, I did too. Yeah. To make any sense out of the songs and what was going on. Yeah. Maybe it's because this was actually my second time watching Cats. I could not imagine watching this a second <laughs> time. I had to watch it for the second time in two parts. I watched half of it last night and then I finished it this morning. I had to break it up. So I think I watched it the first time and I probably had your reaction, which was just utter confusion. Yeah. And so I, after that, I was like, this movie is a nightmare. And so I read about it and kind of got some details about what it is supposed to be. Yeah. And then I did some research before this episode and then I watched it again with subtitles on. And only with like that much knowledge about the movie Cats did I finally go, okay, I understand the simplest version of this movie's story. Yeah. It seems like the best way to understand. Well, first of all, it seems like nobody understands Cats. You Like, talking to Michaela, you said, I was like, but... Why isn't I said, why isn't there a plot? Why is it? Why is the whole show just meeting new cats that you then never meet again? And she said, because cats. And I damn near yucked my phone at the wall. 
Like, I was so mad, Jameson, I almost started crying. Okay, so do you want me to try to explain the, the plot of Cats to you? I, I, I think I know what it is. Can I, can I run my version by you, and then, we can, and then you can correct me? Okay, yeah, sure. So, it seems that... Now, uh, you know, these cats exist in a magical world. Because, yeah. because Mr. Mistopheles actually fucking does very impressive magic tricks. Like, he flies. Mr. Mistopheles is not as impressive as McCavity. Also so true. Also very true. Which Idris Elba meowing is the fucking funniest thing I've ever heard. Sir Ian McKellen walking into it, the Egyptian theater and going, meow, 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 meow. <laughs> this whole man's career. If, if Ian McKellen died after the filming of Cats, and that was like his final performance. I would have been heartbroken. Yeah. I, I do not want the last... Uh, last images of Ian McKellen committed to film to be him drinking milk out of a saucer. Um, so what did I think what, what, so the, the Jellicle ball is a place is, or is a, is an event once a year where old Deuteronomy uh, played by Dame Judy Dench um, selects a cat for what I understand to be like as a um like a for like reanimation for um a second life I for uh, reincarnation is the word I'm looking for I was so close the first time and in the movie they're all competing to be the jellical choice which what is the difference between a jellical choice and a jellical cat I do not know and it seems and in the musical I I heard the the the, the version that was given to me is that they're all just talking about themselves. And then Old Deuteronomy chooses the cat. So is that about it? Yeah. So basically, like, its simplest form is there's a competition and there's an underdog. And then there's Idris Elba, who is trying to rig the competition to win by, like, so everyone, how the competition works. uh, So because Jellicle cats are are like a cat death cult. Fucking old Deuteronomy the, is Warren fucking Warren Jeffs. Cause when you win, you die. Yeah, that seems to be <laughs> which I heard they added the balloon thing at the end. I think in in the in the normal, like the stage musical is like a big tire or something, but it's like basically the same. Interesting. Yeah, but um, the, the death cult is the best way to describe what the Jellicle cats are. Yeah, so when, because all these cats are sad and they hate their lives, right? Other than probably McCavity, who's pretty, who's pretty thrilled with himself. He's stoked on himself all the time. Oh yeah, he is huge. Uh, so the Jellicle choice is reincarnated into the life that they want to have. And so mm-hmm. they have to sing about their life as it is. And then uh, Judy Dench judges who should be granted a new life. Interesting. And honestly, I don't know why McCavity wants to be the Jellical choice because he is, he is thriving. He really is. He, he is, um, uh, you know, a feline crime 
criminal mastermind. Oh. He, and plus, he can, can we fuck, talk? Ab- he can vanish at a moment's meow. Yeah, can we talk about the lyrics? We a thousand percent can. Watching with subtitles on drove me insane. I wanted the- to bash my head against the wall. <laughs> Old Deuteronomy song. The, the chorus <laughs> just repeats like, oh me, oh my, oh how, look at my eye. Yeah. Oh, old Deuteronomy. And they say that about a dozen times. And when I watched it the first time, I don't think I realized that they just kept repeating this mm-hmm. like nonsense phrase. Yeah. But with subtitles on, it forces you to be like, could they think of nothing else to say to fit this rhythm? My favorite uh, dog shit lyric it comes at the end of, of the um, motion picture. When, Go for it. Um, and it's how to address a cat, which is yep. the fucking worst song of the show. And Judy Dench <laughs> looks right down the fucking barrel of the camera <laughs> and scolds you about how you should talk to your cat. And she said, oh, let me look up the lyrics real quick. Um, and this song blows my mind because you think it's the last song. We're going to sum up the entire show with this single song and you're going to leave thinking, okay, I understand something better now So because of this song. The lyrics are, you've heard of several kinds of cat and my opinion now is that you should need no interpreter to understand our character. You've learned enough to take the view that cats are very much like you. You've seen us both at work in games and learned about our proper proper names, our habits and habitat, but how you should address a cat. So first, your memory I'll jog and say, a cat is not a dog. What? <laughs> Infuriated. <laughs> With cats, some say one rule is don't speak till you are spoken to. Myself, I do not hold with that, I say. You should address a cat, but always bear in mind that he resents familiarity. You bow and taking off your hat, address him in the form of, oh, cat, before a cat will condescend to treat, will condescend to treat you as a trusted friend. Some little token of esteem is needed, a little dish of cream. I'm like, I'm frustrated. You want, you know what's going to frustrate you so much more? What's up, bub? What is that? So before I watched the movie, I watched an hour long behind the scenes video about cats. That sounds like torture. Huh? That sounds like torture. Yeah. Uh, And in that, Tom Hopper, the director, says that he thought the most transcendent line was from that song. And it was the one that's like, cats are not so different from you. And he was like, I think that's what this whole show is about. And I think that really sums up everything that we're trying to do. But here's the thing, Tom Hooper. This musical has no fucking plot, so who of us can really know? So that song is all about addressing a cat. So I want to talk about the names of the characters in this show. Yes. and let's go through it. Yeah, let's go through it because I don't... I remember two of them. And can spell none of them. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. So we got Grizabella, Rum Tum Tugger, Mr. Mistopheles. Can McCavity. I say that um, for Grizabella, I, re- I did not remember that when talking to Michaela, so I legit called her Jizzball. 
Good. Bomb, bombalurina, monkey strap, Jemima, Old Deuteronomy, Victoria the White Cat, Demeter, Skimbleshanks, Jenny Any Dots, Rumple Teaser, Bustopher Jones, Grindlebone, Jelly Lorum, Bill Bailey, Carbuckley, Pound Seville, Tantamile, Rumpus Cat, Coracopat, Growl Tiger, Asparagus the Theater Cat, Admetus, <laughs> Alfonso, or Alonzo, and then, and then the last few are pretty normal. I, I love how this show has Victoria, the white cat, Gus, which and, you find out is short for Asparagus, but then you have Jenny Annie Dots and uh, Mr. Mistopheles and Rumtub Tugger, and then the name that nobody said is Monkastrap, which I don't even know if I'm saying that right, because the only reason I know his name is because of the subtitles. And what's funny is that Victoria is the new cat. That's the right, character yeah. that they added. Like, so they're, they already had Rumtum Tugger, Jenny Any Dots, Asparagus, Old Deuteronomy, and they were like, we gotta come up with a new character for this Cats movie. Uh, Victoria. Victoria. Yeah, because we got fucking Bustopher Jones and Griddlebone and Jenny Any Dots. Uh, maybe Victoria will be the, um, the, 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 the normal one. I, it just, it frustrates me. So I think my problem with this movie is more in the original musical than the movie itself. Just the entire idea of cats. (laughs) Because, and when you watch this hour-long behind-the-scenes video, if you watched it without watching the movie, you'd be like, this movie is going to be great. Like, they do a really good job of selling the idea of the movie. And, like, they have all these enormous sets that are, like, so impressive. And you watch the behind the scenes of, like, all these dancers and it looks incredible. Mm -hmm. They have Taylor Swift singing her song and all these, like, acclaimed actors. And you're like, this is going to be great. But what you fail to realize is that they are adapting cats. (laughs) And the buck should really stop there. Like, Tom, Tom Hooper... Whoever he went to, when he said, let's do cats, they should have said no. Like, they just should have said no. I don't care who you are. I don't care who the cast is. I don't care what ideas you have. It's cats. is unadaptable. I'll say this, though. Well, cats, first off, is what many consider to be a bad musical. Um, But here's the thing. I thought, so the IMDb rating on cats is about, I think, a two, 2. 2.5 out of 10, something like that. Not going to sure. lie, I think that's harsh. Here's why I think it's harsh, Jameson. Okay. The, 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 the instrumentals, the, the music, fucking slap. ALW produces hits. The performances, for the most part, pretty fucking solid. The choreography, awesome. Set decoration, phenomenal. VFX to kind of build out the world pretty fucking stellar with the exception of the cat of the cat VFX. The problem is just with cats. Yeah. Like I thought Tom Hooper directed the shit out of this movie. I thought it was very, very, very interesting. It's just that plot, the 
the musical Cats has no fucking plot. Which is what I was saying. Is that it's just someone should have said, you, no. like, you realize this is Cats, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know how else to say it, but just it's like, you shouldn't make this movie. Because I really think that every choice they made was the best possible choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like you made the best possible cats movie and it's still bad because it is a cats movie. I won't lie. I started enjoying it way more after like let's call it like 30 minutes in when I realized that the movie was just going to be cats talking about themselves because y- you start to be like, "All right, this plot-wise is not going anywhere, so I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the ride. Mm-hmm. Like the song, um, the mag- I, think, I think it's called, I don't, fuck, hold on. I, I think it's called. Mistopheles. Mistopheles' song fucking rips. Yeah, that's a good song. Memories is a fantastic song. Like Jennifer outside Hudson killed of the it. musical or just as a song, Memories is fantastic. Yeah, which, you know, Jizzball seems like an odd choice to be the Jellicle Cat. Can I'm going to disagree. No, here's why, here's why I think she's odd. And, and you know, we can kind of have this, you know, um, debate in the battlefield of ideas and logic right now. Is that <laughs> I think Jizzball's whole problem is that she's, she, like, her really memories, um, or her all she really says throughout the show is, I was hot and rich, but now I'm hot and poor. <laughs> Yeah. And then it is <laughs> it is a problem of like you wanna cast who who plays her? Jennifer Hudson. Jennifer Hudson. So the problem with casting Jennifer Hudson is that she absolutely destroys the song. Oh she's like her great. performance her performance is incredible. Like I felt feelings watching her like cry and sing this song. But then when she's just walking around, you're like, she's, you're not that old. <laughs> like you have Sir Ian McKellen, who Limping. when he like shakes or does whatever, you're like, yeah, he's old. But then like Jennifer Hudson is like limping around the streets and you're like, I don't know, you got a couple good years on you still. <laughs> like you don't really buy that part of it. There is nothing stopping Jizzball the, the glamour cat from still being a glamour cat. It seems like she just got her coat dirty one day, which that is another thing that confuses me. Why do some cats wear clothes and some don't? Meanwhile, it seems like some clothes are attached to the bodies, but other coats and hats can be taken off at a moment's notice. Like nothing gave me more agita than seeing Rebel Wilson tear off her coat and reveal a sequin fucking vest under it. That shit stuck with me. And then she fucking on the boat on Growl Tiger's boat, who I just found out is played by Ray Winstone, who is a fucking great actor. Um, she fucking takes her coat off again and just slips out of the chains. Yeah, that that doesn't make much sense because I can't imagine that the coat is that thick. Not But in what fucking realm can cats unzip their fucking fur? I don't give a shit if this is like fucking. All right, it it seems this seems to take place in London, where every hotel is based off of cat, like like cat themed, like the Egyptian, the the milk bar, like like it just makes me want to throw myself out of a third story window. 
because I don't know what universe this takes place in. Because it sure as shit ain't ours, but it sure as hell ain't different from anything I've ever seen. So why do you think Jizzball is the good Jellicle choice? Okay. I think as a story, it makes sense to say um, there's a hot shot. If we're, if we're, this could be a movie about baseball. <laughs> and you have the hot shot athlete who assumes he's going to win. And then you have an underdog who everybody dismisses at the beginning of the movie and then comes out of nowhere with the best song or hits a home run or whatever it is. And mm. then they win. And you're like, okay, that makes sense as a story. Yeah. It, it's, it's but, Rudy. Yeah. But where I do have a problem with it is that the movie makes you think that like Victoria is the protagonist. So you think Victoria wins because she's the first character you see. She's the point yeah. of view character. She's a conduit so, for the audience. Yeah, so if you know nothing about cats, you think, oh, this Victoria cat is the most important cat and the protagonist, and she's the underdog because she came into this world on the night of the Jellicle choice, and so she's going to do something and blow everyone away on her first day there, and she's going to win the Jellicle choice, and then, uh, as you say, Jizzball wins, so... <laughs> See, I thought Victoria was going to win because she showed Jizzball kindness. Sure. I'm, I I feel like anybody could win. You could say, oh, I thought Mr. Mistopheles was going to win because he reappears Judy Dench into the theater. Yeah, he performs real fucking voodoo. Yeah, and then it could be a battle of the magic cats. <laughs> and the, like, that makes sense. Like, literally anybody could be the Jellicle cat except for Rebel Wilson because, dear God, her song is terrible. <laughs> That's the one song in the movie where I was like, I'm, f- I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I don't want the dancing mice. I don't want the dancing cockroaches. cockroaches. I don't Who's, want who fucking thought unzipping that your idea. own skin. Who the fuck thought the cockroaches were a good idea? Sometimes the cats look good. Yeah, sometimes they're fine. Here's what I think, where my opinions lie on the cat VFX, is that the cats work in close-ups. Like, when you can see from, like, mid-chest up in, like, a lot of their face, it looks good, the detail is there, and then when you're really far away, it looks fine because it's, like, you know, there's not all these details that you can see, but when it's, like, like a good length away like you can see from their foot to their head like you can see their whole body that's when it totally falls apart because it looks like yeah a cgi fursuit with someone's face painted on it it looks like a deep fake it looks like a deep fake except the one close-up that looks absolutely terrible is during mr mistopheles there's uh some close-up and he's like pulling stuff out of his sleeves and i shit you not the like the what is the word for it it's like retro i think whatever. i noticed the, this too i think i noticed the, it too. does the face the tracking drift? on his does the arms. face drift yes his his arms the tracking is off and so there's like a weird motion blur with his fur where it's like not quite caught up i know i like, I, I did notice that during the scene i thought i was like did something just fucking drift but i didn't want to prolong the length of this movie any more than i had to 
Yeah, it's like when fucking, when Mysterio is like, why is my arm not on my arm in the last Spider-Man movie? It's exactly like that. Gotcha. Which I'll say, Mr. Mistopheles, one of the highlights of this movie. So, Tim, here's what I want to ask you. Sure. Tom Hopper comes to your house. It's the year, like, 2016 or 17. He says, Tim, I got this idea for this movie. Uh, it's We're adapting Cats, a beloved musical, uh, we, with all this new technology that is state-of-the-art. And he, I have this clip. It's test footage of what the, the cats are going to look like. There's all this classical, there's this classic music. It's people are going to love it. Uh, will you be in this movie? You have to pretend to be a cat. What role would I be? Any part that you, you can be Mr. Mistopheles. If I'm Mr. Mistopheles, I'm fucking in. So you're going to, you're going to go to cat school. You're going to wear, you're going (laughs) to learn to dance. You're going to wear this leotard and get your face painted with all these dots and stuff every day. Like, as an actor... Oh, I would hell yeah do it. This movie seems like a nightmare. I would would absolutely do it. The problem with the movie is that it looks so good on paper. Because everything is so abstract. And then you actually, like, you're getting the dailies back of, like, oh, this is... We got the CGI cats, and then you're like, oh, shit. This I, is what this movie is going to be? I would a thousand percent do it. I don't know if I would, but that's probably just because I can't sing. Listen, I'm a, I'm a big ALW fan. I love Andrew Lloyd Webber. Couldn't give less of a shit about T.S. Eliot. Don't really know what a lot of it is. Do I know the source material? Absolutely fuck no. But do I know... If, if if he was like, we have most of the movie cast, James, James, Dame Judy Dench is going to be old Deuteronomy. And I don't say I know nothing about it like I did in 2016. Sure. If you say Ian McKellen, Judy Dench, fucking um, Idris Elba, um, fucking I'll give you Rebel Wilson because she was like, I don't know, big at the, she still is yeah. big, but like she's a huge talent. Just not for this movie. I'd say, yeah. Okay, so let's let's move on with this thought experiment. You have filmed cats. You have put your blood, sweat, and tears into learning the dance, the songs, acting. You've been coming to the set every morning, hours before shooting to do right. the makeup and to get all this technology set up on you and all that stuff. This has been your life for like a full year. Sure. Or maybe even more. You see the movie. And then you see the reaction to the, not even the movie. You see the trailer to the movie and the reaction to the trailer. What, what are you thinking? I would simply respond, folks, it's cats. What did you expect? And so you're just going to completely dismiss a year's worth of work that you've put in. Oh, <laughs> no, it's not dismissing it. It's saying, folks, it's fucking cats. If you, like, if if you if you do what I did last night when I watched the movie and just let go, you have a fucking great time with it. It is filled with so much nonsense words that it is fun to sing. 
I feel like it's hard to sing because it's like no. I don't know what I'm saying. It is so fun. It, it like I like I had to run an errand today, and I put on the magical Mister Mistopheles song. Holy shit! What a fun time. Cause I, I can't imagine how I would feel, after, after being in this movie. And I, you watched the hour long, whatever you did, like it, the amount of work that they put into this is immense with oh, rehearsals, yeah. and you know, all this stuff. And then for the and then, like at the Oscars during the VFX, uh, yeah, award having your two Rebel stars Wilson, go up and slam dunk on you. <laughs> yeah, Rebel Wilson and James Corden go up and go. Oh, we were in Cats. I remember a couple VFX artists who worked on the movie were like, "Yeah, that kind of sucked. That's pretty fucking mean." Absolutely. Like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't think this movie wouldn't. Uh, I don't think this movie would have gotten as much shit as it did if they used practical costumes. Yeah. Because a lot of it is just the uncanny valley aspect of, like, the VFX and the way the cats look. Like, if they did cats the way, or, like, like uh, obviously probably would have need, need to be a little modernized, the costumes, but, like, you did the costumes that were pretty much there in the Broadway show, which I, I looked through a couple on Google Images just because I wanted to see how they were. I think the movie would have gotten at least a point better on IMDb. Yeah, and I'm almost surprised that they didn't do the practical costumes because so much of the sets are practical. Yeah, it's like out of all the one, out of all the th- all the things to VFX, you choose the one that is going to look the worst. Yeah, because I mean, it's difficult, but it's maybe not as difficult to get perfect or good enough for people to accept it, like yeah. a big chair like the ant-man movies exist yeah and they made things big dude the hobbit the lord of the rings movies yeah i i just keep being at a loss for words that that's what that's what it comes down to for me is i'm I'm rendered speechless by most of it (laughs) like and just every choice is the right choice but it's also the wrong choice yeah, I've never seen a movie make so many choices that look good on paper and they execute well, but no matter the outcome, you just want to hit your head into a wall. But which which I attribute that to the source material. Yeah. Which brings up the question, why is the musical so successful? I, I couldn't tell you. I I I know nothing about the musical, but after watching the movie and it being like pretty faithful other than the like one new song, which is a thing that, you know, you do when you like when they, I don't know, remade Aladdin is they added a song like that's just a thing you do. So it's like, why you guys knew, like you guys knew this whole time that this is what they were doing and you like (laughs) let it happen. Well, I heard that they added um, the another plot point that was added was the cats going to McCavity's boat. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, Michaela told I, me that that was added in. 
Yeah, because if I'm thinking about the musical, I, I'm thinking about set changes and, you know, it's probably difficult to move this one huge set of, like, whatever junkyard or whatever it was. Right. And then take all that stuff off and then add on a whole boat. Like, that makes sense. Just practically being like, we can't do that on on stage because it's too much stuff. Yeah. I, I think what... Really what this episode comes down to is that we need to revisit Cats watching the stage version that they recorded back in the 80s. I think we okay, need to do Tim. it. Okay, Tim, so you say that, and is that is that what you want to do? <laughs> you did point out on Twitter last night that this was my idea. This was, Tim texted me, or whatever it was, and he goes, I think we should watch Cats. What topic do you want to talk about? And I, I, I was fully on board for you, Tim, with that choice. I said, yeah, let's, let's brainstorm some topics, fully knowing that you were going to have to watch this movie. But that, that was your choice. I assumed that you thought that through. See, I thought I didn't know anything about the plot of Cats when I chose this movie. You say and the plot of cats. Why. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. I didn't know how non-existent of a plot this movie had. So someone says, I want you to make a musical about cats. What do you do? <laughs> I would. I honestly, it'd probably be more like a secret life of pets type shit. <laughs> I, it's better, but I think I, 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 I want to brainstorm some other things. I think that's our first thought. It's not our best thought. <laughs> so. And that's that's where cat goes, I think, is because you you sit there and you think, well, what do cats do? What what could we have cats do? And and that's why every song is just about a different type of cat. They're like, I'm a cat, but I'm a lazy cat, or I'm a cat, but I'm a I'm a thief cat. I'm a yeah, I'm a mischievous cat. And they just go through all these different personalities of cats, and yeah. it's like, I think it would be a, a funny to moms on Facebook. <laughs> But it's like such a bad movie. I I think I, so. You ask me if I'm sure it's what I want to do is watch the VHS version, watch the stage version, and I say yes because I don't want to watch this movie again. But I also just want to. I want to know why. That's really the central. That's the really the driving engine be, behind my curiosity is I want to know why. Yeah, and then you, and then the musical would be bad, and you'd be like, "Well, let me read the poems by T.S. Eliot." And it's just all like it's all bad. It's not, not, you're not gonna find your answer. You're, it's a wild goose chase. Can we talk about the the humor, uh, in this in this movie? Like what? The, oh, oh, the jokes. Oh, the jokes suck. Primarily the, the one that made me want so bad. The one that made me want to hurl my fucking computer across the room was. What's the matter? Cat got your tongue. There's so many. There's cat, so many cat puns. So many cat puns. <laughs> There's what was your cat's least favorite? got your tongue. What else do they say? Curiosity, something like Curi- that. There was some curiosity killed the cat pun. <sighs> I mean, even with even the what is it? Fucking rim job and tumble teaser. What what are the name of those cats? 
now we're just now we're just making a porn parody of this movie. <laughs> I do not want that. I do not want that. <laughs> no, dude. Now we're talking um, about it. Let's talk Mon- about furries. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird how Zootopia became the furry movie, but they let this one slide. Um, yeah, how did that happen? So Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. Yeah, that whole song is a cat pun. Do you not understand that, Jameson? What's you the know- song? Uh, it's the it's the two thief cats. It, they're oh, some could say they're cat burglars. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, I did realize that. <laughs> Dude, that that hit me halfway through the song, and then I just thought I fucking felt so upset. So there's cat puns, and then there is physical like prat falls, and Rebel Wilson hitting herself in the face. She does and- it too many times. James James Corden falling over and and getting hit in the balls. Like that is the extent of the humor. It's see, and that's the thing. I want to know how much of this they hammed up for the movie by watching the stage version. I got to imagine it was they cast James Corden and Rebel Wilson solely to to do that. I I can't imagine you're wrong. I also I, like, I I also feel like in the trailer you talked about the trailer and the response to the trailer and how it was universally negative. Yeah. I feel like the part that made everyone lose it was Fat Cat James Corden specifically when he goes, "Ha ha, here we go." Ha ha. Ha ha. That's the part of the trailer where I was like, "I, I think I'm all right." But here's the thing though. I think James Corden is talented. Yes. And he's very, like, his singing was top-notch in this movie. You just couldn't see his dancing because he was CGI'd as a fat cat. And I think James Corden was fine in this movie. I think he was fine. And so I remembered, Tim, I told you that, so the first time I watched this movie, uh, I live-tweeted it. Mm -hmm. And I told you that there was one thing that made me laugh. And it was a thing that James Corden did. And it wasn't when he hit his balls. It was, there's basically like a seesaw and he's at one end of it and he needs to get launched into a trash can so he can like gorge himself with food. Yeah. And one cat jumps on it and nothing happens. And he goes, well, that wasn't going to work, wasn't it? And I was like, he's he's a fat cat. (laughs) Because I was so starved for anything to be funny. And so the best like, finally they, they got out of song and James Corden was just able to deliver a joke with like his regular delivery and not in like a song or with like his body like falling over. And I was like, oh, thank God. Someone just like told a joke. <laughs> That's how fucking starved I was to laugh. <laughs> that is incredible. Oh, man. J- Jameson, I have an idea. Okay, let's hear it. And if if you'd be so kind as to humor me, um, and I thought this would be fun to do with you, is um, I just went on Google, and I found a website. And it's called The Complete Ultimate Jellicle Name Generator. And I want to find out our Jellicle names. Because that is what the movie is about, is Victoria. I, I believe Victoria has a boring name because she hasn't found her inner name yet, because she's yeah. not a Jellicle cat. And so when she becomes a Jellicle cat at the end of the movie, 
We don't find out what her Jellicle name is, but... You really don't, and I really want to know what her Jellicle cat is. So, in yeah. order to do this, Jameson, we have to answer a question or two. Um, and so, I'll have you go first. What do you currently do in life? And the options are, good question, I'm still trying to figure that out. I work in an office. I do not work in an office. Full-time student and rocking it. Or, I am a traveler. Okay, so here's the thing is that I work in an office and I do not work in an office. Cover the entire spectrum of things you can do. <laughs> and you're a full-time <laughs> student. I'm a, So I'm a full-time student and I also do not work in an office. <laughs> so I think we're going to go with full-time student and rocking it. All right. Well, we can debate about rocking it. I guess I am rocking it. Let's, you're rocking it. Thanks, okay. Tim. What is your deepest desire? Your options are inner and outer peace. A compassionate world, personal growth, finding true love, or understanding other people. Jeez. They're all good options. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, that's the thing with this, this question, is that they are things that everybody should strive for. Everybody should strive for all of these things, and to pick one of these things is to neglect everything else. <laughs> well, it's your deepest. It's your deepest. So this is the one I think you care. This is the one you care most about. So I guess I'm going to say... I am striving for inner and outer peace and fuck world peace. <laughs> <laughs> so, so inner and outer, inner and outer peace is your answer. Sure. Okay. What would you say is your strongest quality? I'm a bit of a bright spark intelligence. I'm always helping out kindness. My life is a crazy explosion of shapes and colors. Creativity. I am a survivor strength or I know what I want. Confidence. So your options are intelligence, kindness, creativity, strength, and confidence. I'm going to go with I am always helping. You are always helping. So kindness. Let's do it. Okay. What role do you play in your friendships? I like to make my friends laugh. They always come to me for advice. I tend to be the peacemaker between friends. I offer support when I can. I am usually the one to help them fix things. Let's, let's go with the goof-em-ups. The goof, the uh, I like to make my friends laugh. Yeah, hell yeah. How often do you work out? And the options are none. Okay, <laughs> well, actually, so that's a so, lie. Well, okay, so the the first option is work out. Are you serious right now? The second option is every day. If walking through the shops counts as working out, the third option is getting out of bed is enough of a workout for me. The people at at the gym know me by name, and fitness is life. Those are your options. So this this. This question brings me back to Cats is a piece of, of fiction made for moms on Facebook. Right. And all these options scream Facebook mom. You're so right. So I don't know. I, I mean, I have to I have to exercise for work because, like I said, I'm last week I was just moving hot tubs all the time. But it's not like, right. like I want to be exercising. So whatever that is. Whatever that I'll, says I'll, to I'll you, do, Tim. I'll do every day if walking through the shops counts as working out. That sounds good. Why did you take this test? It looked fun. I was bored. My friends encouraged me to do so. All of the above or none of the above. My friends encouraged me to do so. Because <laughs> you're, you're my friend, Tim. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. We're jellical but pals. I, I'm, I'm reconsidering it after this <laughs> test. What do you dream about when you sleep? I often dream that I am drowning, fighting or running away from war. 
I dream Jesus. that I'm flying. I often dream of animals or people and relationships. This question took a turn. <laughs> I, t- I, I dream of drowning, running war. away, and war. <laughs> what fucking cat is that? What, f- what fucking Vietnam veteran is taking the Jellicle quiz? I'm Rumple Tootlewat, the PTS <laughs> veteran. <laughs> I have post-traumatic stress disorder. Let me sing a song. I am Jameson, the trauma cat. Uh, I'm going to go with people and relationships. Okay. Okay, this one seems to be a little odd considering the name, uh, the quiz, but if you were an animal, what would you be? A dog cat, or a wolf? Cat, baby. <laughs> okay, I'll go, I'll go <laughs> a tiger, lion, or jaguar. Gazelle, horse, giraffe, owl, falcon, eagle, or a dolphin. Are you telling me cat is not a choice? I guess the closest thing would be tiger, lion, jaguar. <laughs> so on the cat's quiz, cat is not an option. Yes. That blows my mind. I'm yep. going to go with dog. Okay. Which cats are not dogs? Do you cats have a bucket list? <laughs> Do you have a bucket list? Not nope, currently. I'm li- Okay, nope, I'm living one day at a time. Final answer. Okay. Pick one of the fo- uh, pick one of uh th- pick one of the below. You are queen or tom. I am a queen or tom. You are queen or tom. Who the hell is tom? Couldn't tell you. I, <laughs> I, I wonder I'm... if this is like a I I wonder if this is like a uh, gender thing. I guess I'm tom. Okay. All right, so type your name here. Okay, everlasting lasting cat. Let's go. Here we go. Amph Amphitiron. Am. Hold on, I'm gonna text it to you. <laughs> I'm gonna text it to you because much like the other names in this movie, I do not know how to say it. Makes no goddamn sense. Amph Amphitrion. Amphitri- Amphitrion. That's like a cool sci-fi name. Yeah. Sounds like a transformer, not a cat. The past experience revived in the meaning is not only is not the experience of one life only, but of many generations. Not forgetting something that is probably quite ineffable. But this movie is ineffable. Couldn't tell you, but they say it like nine times in the movie. I could not tell you what it means. I knew at some point when I took spelling bees in school or something. Dude, I have no idea what um, what ineffable means. I have no idea what a rum tum tugger is. Rum tum tugger. We don't need to change for the porn parody. That one stays. You're right, yeah. Um, but Jason Derulo, though, fucking killed it. Oh, he, he except in the Mr. Mistopheles song, he completely takes it over. Yeah, yeah. For one part, he keeps doing all this high, like, showy stuff, and I'm like, this is Mr. Mistopheles' song. And you're going to come in, and you're just going to bulldoze through it? Jason Derulo? Jason Derulo was a good choice, but I don't know why they made him do a British accent. Because they're in London in the 1930s. Wait, this movie takes place in the 30s? It takes place in the 30s, according to Tom Hopper from the hour-long behind-the-scenes video that I watched. Wouldn't be able to tell. I, I, I mean, I guess the the streets or something would probably... I, you see two people at the beginning of the movie. The only humans you see are, like, the first minute. And I, maybe their dress... Like, the way they dress could key you in on that, but mm-hmm. it's mostly just cats, and they have stayed pretty much yeah. the same 
So, Jameson, I just took the quiz. I sped through it. Yeah. My my angelical name is Cassimimi. Cassimimi. And what does that what what's the little blurb about that? Um, I realize that it's the same blurb for every name. That that rocks. <laughs> Jameson, do you want to get into today's um today's story time? Yeah, let's do it. All right, because in prep for this episode, we, we were talking about embarrassing things that we could relate to cats. And I think the one common thing is that me and Jameson um, have both acted in things, both at school for productions and also on our personal YouTube channels. Hell yeah. And Jameson, you sent me a couple videos that were spicy. Chef's kiss.jpg, bub. <laughs> yeah, they seem, they seem to be... They get love for the wrong reasons, which is very similar to cats. So uh, in high school, I took a couple of video production classes with Mr. Ferranto, who actually did like teach me a lot about storytelling and video production and was like one of those teachers that like you remember. You're right. Like, I really like that teacher. So shout out to Mr. Ferranto. Uh, and we made uh, videos for that class. And so me and my partner, Lucas, decided, like, why don't we just publish these videos? And so we made a YouTube channel, and we called it The Cutting Room Floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a story behind the name, actually. And that is that uh, in junior high and high school, I was on the tech crew, and every year we had a talent show. And in between acts to while the tech crew, like the backstage stage crew, while they set up for the next act in front of the curtain, they would do Mm -hmm. skits or they would have video skits. And me being like a comedy nerd that watched Monty Python and SNL was like, I can write skits. So I got me and all of my friends that I thought were funny in high school. And I pitched to the director of the talent show us as like a committee that wrote skits to give to the video crew and whoever to like actually make. And so me and my friends, I th- I think we made somewhere between like 13 and 15 skits. Holy shit. And yeah, none were ended up, <laughs> ended up being used. Holy and shit. That, it's, yeah. Talk that's a whole story. Fucking batting a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we had like, and these were like, pretty sizable skits so once you stacked up all the scripts on top of each other it was like a good pile and they would just i guess they just laid there and then the day before the talent show the video crew picked up the first skit on that pile the top skit and it was one of mine that i had written and they were like we're gonna film this and there was no planning about like casting and blah 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 blah. and it was like all like very day of and we weren't able to finish it because there was no pre-production planning into the filming. So none of the skits were used. Heartbreaking. Yeah, so me and Lucas, who were in that team of, of writers, I guess, um, made this YouTube channel, and we called it The Cutting Room Floor because none of our skits were used. And I think you might, you might know why since you watch these, <laughs> since you watch these videos. <laughs> Dude, well, there there's some aspects of um of them that like 
really work. Sure. I, I mean, I had parts of each video that I liked. Um, but I think, again, with Cats, it might just be the execution of it. Yeah. So yeah, 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 what, yeah. what was the first video that you watched? So... I mean, this this was the uh, seemed turned out to be the only video I watched because uh, I had to. Yeah, I got busy to I got too busy to watch the twenty subscriber special. Um, All right. I watched Air Raid Two, but this time with clones. Okay, so what does that tell you about about this video when you read that title? It, it says it's damn near like Air Raid One, <laughs> which I've never seen, but this time it has clones in it. <laughs> There's one thing that genuinely made me laugh though. It's when you're talking to the the girl um before you get the clone and you have that big stack of cups uh-huh. and then you check your watch and then you let go and only one cup remains. That was a genuinely good bit. Thank you, Tim. Yeah, that that was one of the that one definitely did hit when uh because we, we would show all these videos to our class. So yep. I'll explain the challenge that we were faced with when making this video. Like, w- w- like Mr. Fronto was like, you have to do this in this video. So Air Raid 1, I'll go over briefly. Air Raid 1, we needed to use a specific sound effect. And we could do anything we wanted with the plot or characters or whatever. We literally just needed to use the sound effect. So what we came up with was I worked at some kind of office... And it was like my my ringtone or something was it was this air raid. And so every time my phone went off, people thought that like we were under attack or something. I don't remember it that well. Ugh. And so um, air raid two and it is air raid two solely because we filmed in the same location, which was Lucas's mom worked at like a realty office. And on the weekends, no one was there, and we could film. Dude, I was just about to ask you, how did you get into a real office? Yeah, it was it was Lucas's mom worked there. Shout and out so to she Lucas's had keys. mom. Um, yeah, so Air Raid 2, we needed to use this cloning technique. Uh, and I want to argue that my video mirrors almost to a T, the Paul Rudd series, Living With Yourself. Yeah, absolutely. It's the exact same premise, is that I live an unimpressive life, and I'm, I, I, my relationships are failing, my job isn't going well, uh, whatever, and then someone comes up to me, and they're like, hey, I guess the difference is, in Living With Yourself, uh, he's being gaslit, that He's like, you can renew your life and be so much better with this, whatever therapy or whatever. And it turns out that they clone him. And in mine, they're straight up like, we're going to clone you. And the clone is going to be better than you. And then the clone is too good. And it starts taking over my life. Mm -hmm. And then there's a showdown at the end between the clone, which is uh, exactly living with yourself. And I thought that was funny, except mine is much worse. So I don't. Uh, what what do you want to talk about uh, from this video? Because I could talk about anything, but I I want some direction. Primarily, it was just how the fuck did you guys get into an office building? Because I've had to like, you learn to only execute ideas where the location is believable. 
because yeah. I've because I once filmed a war like a skit about like a sniper dude, except I was wearing like my like Etnie shirt and like like my jeans, and I was using a Nerf gun and we were in my friend's backyard. <laughs> So and then like you showed the tragedy of war. <laughs> we showed the horrific uh out uh, the the for horrific outcome of the battle of Antietam. But um primarily it was just the it was just the uh office thing. I mean, the cloning effect for like a high school video was pretty good. Thank you. Cuz I've tried it. I've tried I did the cloning shit when I was younger. And you always saw that stitch line. There's one stitch line that I remember you can definitely see, and it's from someone's shadow. Like, someone was casting oh. a shadow on a wall, and then it just, like, yeah. stops. Yeah. But, so, in terms of the location, we did very good with The Office, and then the showdown at the end takes place at this restaurant, because, essentially, the, the end of the the conflict is between these two clones, and the one is, is doing too well at his job, and... Mm-hmm. He wants to date this this girl, and then the clone goes on the date. And he's like, oh, I, I just kind of wanted you to set me up for it, and then I would go to the date. And the clone is like, no, this is my date. And so then there's like a, a button. Like, you have some sort of button, and if you press it within a proximity of the clone, they just, like, turn in the goo. <laughs> and this is where I thought your question would come in, is... The ending of this video completely baffles everyone that I show it to. <laughs> so they're at the date, which is supposed to be at like a restaurant, but it is my like dining room or kitchen or whatever. And there are like paper plates and plastic forks. And that was supposed <laughs> to be a joke. And there's no food on the plates. Like they're just, <laughs> they're just empty plates made of paper, plastic utensils. And what you think is the original Jameson is hiding behind a bush with this uh, clone destroying button. And the clone sees it and then they lunge at each other and they wrestle over the button and then one of them turns into goo. But the clone remains. And, and then why, a why third is that? A third Jameson wearing a leather jacket and sunglasses stands over stands over the glue the goo and is like what I don't I I don't even know what I say, but 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 the idea was that was that this was a Jameson from the future and he was the original Jameson that had planted a clone in, in the past to do something. Now- what made you want to go for an M. Night Shyamalan twist of that caliber? Is <laughs> because we could not write an ending. Endings are hard, man. Endings are hard. So we got we got all of the, up to the up to the date, like the the climax where the there's they finally meet and they fight, and it was like, well, what happens? Like, and then. And then I was like, oh, you know what would be funny is if there was a third clone, and it, and you were like, fuck the, it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if the person that you thought was real the whole time was really a clone, a la moon. <laughs> that fucking and, rules, man. But but so I show this in this class. Like everybody shows their clone videos. And we get to that and 
so rarely was Mr. Ferranto disappointed in my videos. Because <laughs> he genuinely thought each one of them had like a good story and good execution. And then we got to like that one. And he was like, he's like, I feel like you guys gave up. <laughs> and, it, and it was like, oh, God that damn. That rules, man. That fucking rocks. Yeah. So the 20 subscriber special that you talk about, because uh, my video had such low viewership that, and only like our friends would, would subscribe. So yeah. when we got to the, our 10th subscriber, we were like, wouldn't it be funny if we did a 10 subscriber special? And we like mocked how YouTubers do these milestones. Yeah. And then we got to 20 and we thought that 20 would be the cap of our subscribers like we thought there was no way we would reach 30 so we were like let's do a 20 subscriber special and go all out <laughs> and and i don't think this was even for the class this was like we're gonna do this on our own time and we're just gonna Dedication. mock youtube and the youtube algorithm and all these like popular trends which on paper is like sure that's that's like a joke it's like this like making fun of trends and then also cashing in on trends at the same time Right. So we made a 10-minute video because that's what the algorithm likes or whatever. Yeah. Which was a pretty big undertaking for us at the time because our all of our videos were, like, maybe max, like, five, six minutes long. So 10 minutes was, like, we're going to need to put a lot of work into this, and it wasn't even for our class. And so I think we do a spoof of, like, Vsauce. We spoof uh, Hot Ones. We spoof ASMR, uh, vloggers, like just anything on YouTube you, you, that's popular. Yeah, you really makeup um, tutorials. Yeah, you really um, catch all. It's a catch all video. Yeah, and it was also partially because we weren't that good at making like one 10 minute skit. We were like, that's not going to work. Like, it's going to lose steam. The pacing is going to be off. So let's just do a bunch of little sure. vignettes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. what normally sticks with people about that video uh, is when I do ASMR. And uh, so the joke of the, ASM, the ASMR video, and I think it's a pretty funny premise, is that I am a, an ASM artist that has caught a cold. And so basically I do ASMR, but because I have a cold... It's like all of the worst possible sounds. Like my, <laughs> my voice is bad. Um, I'm like sniffly. I am coughing into the microphone, which is just like so loud. It's way too loud because I'm whispering and then I cough and it's like, oh, my ears. And I have like a cough drops and I like unwrap the wrapper into the microphone and that's really loud. And then I'm like, sucking on this cough drop like so intensely into the microphone and like all my mouth sounds just upset people to such a severe degree that i find it funny and i'll make i i, I when i came to college uh and this was like a huge trust fall for me for some of my for my friends at college was showing them my high school youtube channel because it yeah. is it is pretty bad. And I I made them watch the ASMR portion with headphones on. And I've never seen people squirm and and uh 
reacts to something so violently. Especially a content you've produced. Yeah, but that at the same time, like that was what I was going for. Yeah. So mission and you success. Watched, mission mission successful, but like was it worth it? <laughs> I think you need to re you need to make a part two to this, Jameson. I've been thinking about that because at the time, um, when we graduated, I think we maybe had like twenty nine subscribers, and since then we're up to thirty two. So oh, you gotta I've, do a thirty subscriber special. I've flirted with the thirty subscriber special, but Whoa. in the twenty in the twenty subscriber special, we specifically say we will not do a thirty subscriber special because we didn't think it was gonna happen, and then also. I feel like it would feel uh, like ungenuine to do it without Lucas because it was it was like our channel and he spends most of his time in California now. So it's and I haven't really talked to him that much uh, since high school. So it's like I I feel like that would be hard to coordinate. You know, I think. um when you look back at history's greatest moments, um, all of them are marked by, you know, obstacles, um, you know, hardship. And I think that in the life of Jameson Styles, this is just um, an, an, another obstacle to overcome. And I think you can do it. All right. So I am going to ask our listeners, if you want the 30 subscriber <laughs> special from the cutting room floor productions reach out to us on social media maybe i'll make a poll when this when this episode comes out i can reach out you, to you you also need to link the video to i can link our, our podcast account so people know what they're getting into yeah and then if it if if it seems like people want it then i can make it happen Honestly, that's that's the most inspiring thing I've heard all year. That's your call to action, folks. All right. <laughs> I think either so way. Tim. I think either. I think either way. You need to make a sequel to the ASMR video. Yeah. Tim, you also sent me. Yeah. You also sent me a YouTube channel, and I did. I watched every single video on that YouTube channel. And how did it make you feel? I think there are inklings of greatness. <laughs> I think that is. Far too kind. I think there is the same thing when you're young and you're getting into comedy, you just want to do what's easy. You oh, want to be like, it's like you have some video where the entire video is uh, you dropped your phone and you're being very dramatic about how you, you dropped your phone and it's maybe a minute long. And you're like, I think there's something there and we have not quite gotten it yet. And it, <laughs> like you. Like you had this idea, you were like, I think this could be funny and I'm going to do it. But it was like not much more thought other than I think this could be funny yeah. went into it. Like, and this is, this is, I'm trying to give fair criticism to him. I want <laughs> constructive criticism for this video from like five years ago. I think it's more than that. Probably six is, what was it? Is, so you drop your phone, like you go to put it in your pocket, mm -hmm. and then you miss your pocket, and then you drop it, and you have a crazy reaction. And I would like to say, after I watched this video, I was at work, and I wear this apron, and I have a box cutter, and I put the box cutter in my apron, 
missed the pocket in my apron, <laughs> dropped on the phone, <laughs> dropped on the floor, and I thought of you. That's beautiful. Like, this, this is exactly like that video. What are you talking made. about? I'm, that comedy is relatable. <laughs> did you? What did you think of the ending? That was what I was gonna say. Is what I was expecting from the ending is that you would you would flip it. So the beginning is so dramatic, and then I thought you would pick up your phone, see it wasn't damaged, and be like, "Oh, okay." Like it was it. As you were dropping it, it was so important to you that your phone be okay because it meant so much to you in that moment. And then when you see that your phone is okay, you treat it like it's nothing. That was what I was expecting, but I don't, I don't really remember how it ends, but it it, it ends with, um, uh, I, I think what it is is I turn it over and then I do a freeze frame jump and then I do a zoom in and then it said Tim Tim went on to die in an underwater basket weaving accident. Yeah. And that's fair. I also had a uh when I was in God, it was eighth grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, I made some some video that was a one of those class projects where you have one. It's supposed to be educational, but also I want to be funny because I'm going to show this to my class and I want to be funny. Yeah, yeah, that was um, that's the video with uh, Justin Timberlake as the uh, thumbnail, and it's titled "In Which We Learn You Some History." Yeah, so I made I made some video that was the, it was a retelling of the Egyptian mythology with almost entirely white 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 kids, the story mm-hmm. of Egypt. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, and at the end, we do a, a freeze frame because freeze freeze frames are funny. Yeah, best way to end a sketch. I mean, and endings, like we say with cats and our videos, endings are tough. Like even I think of SNL skits yeah. are garbage at ending these days. Yeah, the endings certainly uh, leave something to be desired. Like even some of the good SNL skits, because it's always a mixed bag. You always have. Some good ones. I feel like Weekend Update is always pretty solid. And then you have yeah. some weird ones. And then the last skit is just like they threw something at the wall. It's like some character someone likes to do, but it's like weird and and like kind of niche. Yeah. But like even the good ones, the endings always seem like, all right, it's over. It's like, all right, it's done. Move along. Yeah, which is... that's. that's- that's why I like Monty Python's ending so much because like if it ends weirdly they'll, they'll have that <laughs> fucking police come along. It's like, "No, no, no. This is too silly." Yeah, Monty Python have great skits. I think if you want to like learn about how to structure a a skit is you watch Key and Peele. Yeah. It's like the structure of their skits are so tight. And every scene has a button and every scene or every skit has like a great premise and characters and foils and all that stuff. But it's like scenes are hard. They they really are. Um, what do, what other videos are you said? You, you said you watched all of my videos. I watched all of your videos, at least partially. The only video I, I don't think I watched all the way through was your one that was for a class because I was like, oh, this is just going to be information. Yeah. Um, so, so, what did you what do you what do you, what did you think of my most popular video? 
which, which one is was your most popular? Actual tweets by Jaden Smith. I think it is very much like mean tweets. It's a similar premise, except yeah. the it's it's like taking tweets and reading them dramatically. Correct. And I remember Jaden Smith's tweets at the time were were pretty topical. I would say that that's the that's the through line of all of, of all your content there is that everything was is pretty much is pretty timely and things that were funny like it is 2014 <laughs> and this is what is funny right now. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> but you know, I thought your performance is great. You're looking in mirrors. Uh it's in black and white that tells mm-hmm. you it's dramatic. Got the piano think, ballad underneath. Yeah, I think again, every choice you make is the right choice. I don't think I could tell you to do anything differently in this skit. Good good to know that 17-year-old Tim was making good choices. Yeah. You know, he he was nothing if not a uh, a student of comedy. So, what what video is your favorite that you did on that channel? Oh, Jesus fuck. Uh none like, of is them it- I- there's none that you look back at and you're like, you so, know what, that still holds up. The and oh God, not that it holds up, but every now and then, me and my friends watch the history class one because we had so much fun making it, and our teacher was so uncomfortable watching it. Like his face turned beat fucking red. Really? It was incredible to watch. Um, but in terms of like earliest like sketch writing skills, I mean the. The um, movies versus reality thing had had a seedling of an idea. Like, if I made that now, that would be a TikTok. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I kind of want to get onto a topic because this is what I'm noticing. Is like, I cannot tell you how many times I was given a project in a class and they said, you can make a video. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Dude, like, every time. Is, every time. Every single time you would think that teachers would like stop making it an option. Cause you know, you're going to have some kid that's like, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a skit about. Yeah. You have the kid whose parents showed them uh fucking Monty Python and the Holy grail just like two years too early. So Tim, here's what I want to talk about. You bring up Monty Python and the Holy grail in ninth grade. I took global history and we got to the Middle Ages. We had a project about, it was a research project about the Middle Ages. And one of the options was make a video. Me and my friends, I had like like four or five friends that all were like Monty Python comedy nerds. And we straight up just remade scenes from Monty Python. That is incredible. And we would like, we like inserted, um, like facts so like we did the black knight scene except every time that king arthur took a swipe at the black knight he would change his weapon he would have like his his um whatever guy that like carries all of his stuff he would change his weapon and then we would do like a brief history about the weapon and like well this went wrong last time that i hit you and so I'm going to use this weapon because this is better for long range than short range and this defense. And I cannot tell you, 
a better way to destroy a Monty Python scene than to make it educational. Yeah, than to add a legitimate information. <laughs> but I, I am so mad that this video does not exist because I, I edited, I made it on my phone on iMovie, and I couldn't figure out how to put it on YouTube. But I wish it was on the internet somewhere because I remember it being pretty funny. But also, it's again like you, it's you and the people that make it think it's funny because you were there yeah. making it, and that's fun. And I think the and bloopers, I'm sure that's I, yeah. I think the bloopers was longer than the actual video because that's another Checks thing out. about those educational videos is you make it and then you're, <clears throat> you you, know, make you just watch the bloopers. Yeah, and and I think that's the feeling that the people making cats had is that they like it because they were there. Sure. Like I'm saying, Tom Hopper, Tom Hopper comes to you with an idea, and it sounds like a great idea. Like, I, com- I came I up to it. my friends, and I was like, let's just straight up rip off Monty Python, because we all like Monty Python. And my yeah. friends are like, that's a good idea. Yeah. Because I like Monty Python. And then the execution is just not there. Listen, I think that if you would approached me and said that, I think I would have taken it much like the same way is that I would have accepted the role as Mr. Mistopheles. So I kind of, let's try to learn from our past mistakes and let's, let's brainstorm a, a skit right now. Okay. If we are going to team up modern day, be like, you know what? The stuff that we made when we were younger wasn't that good, but we've learned everything about comedy since then. Everything. Everything there is to know. Everything there is to know about making people laugh. Sure. What, what would we do differently? I think that we would start with the source material. Okay. Right. Um, maybe a collection of poems. I like it. Um, about an animal, say. And People then, like animals. And then we look back into the archive and we realize a musical has been made about this, these poems. And then we make that movie and we just redo Cats. So what I'm thinking is that we could, we could get James Corden and Rebel Wilson. I know their manager. I could sweet talk yeah. them into uh wearing these skin tight suits and then just falling. Do you think we could do that for two hours? I think we can do that. I think I think we gotta get on that, Jameson. That's a fucking billion dollar idea. Cats, except it's just Jenny Anypots and Bustopher Jones. <laughs> That's the movie everybody wants to see. But so then the VFX but then the VFX artists that they mocked. Uh, get to do the animations again, <laughs> and we we tell them just do whatever you want, <laughs> do do whatever you want. Exactly I don't want to look revenge. at this movie until it's on the big screen. Fucking <laughs> 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 exact your revenge in any means you see fit. I oh you don't you can't see it because my camera is not working. Tim and I, for like a half hour before we started recording, tried to get my computer to work. <laughs> Holy cow. So I have some old 
old skits in my notes. Sure. That did not meet the light of day. And I want I want you to tell me what you think of them. Okay. So these were for that that town show when I was in like junior high, high school. Uh the first one is Grandma Hacker. So the premise of this skit was that what if there was like some sort of international missile crisis where like Russia had launched or was in the process of launching all of their nuclear weapons on America. Mm-hmm. And we had time to call one person in order to stop this. And someone calls their grandma. Or maybe there was something about her. He left his computer at her, at her house or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he had to, over the phone, explain to his grandmother how to hack a foreign nation. Interesting. And so it was like trying to explain like Wi-Fi to your grandma at like the most extreme level. I mean, the idea is there, man. It's a premise for a skit, but I don't, I mean, if I had made it at the time, I think it probably would have been bad. Another one. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think if your high school um, self executed that, I think you're right. Well, what's, what's, what's this next one? Uh, This is called, this is before Justice League came out. Uh, and I think maybe after Suicide Squad came out, or maybe okay. there was a trailer for Suicide Squad or something. And it was called the Just Us League. And it was a parody of the Justice League, except it was like in the Superman call where it's like, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. It would have been like that, except it'd be like, no, it's it's just us. And so it was every leftover superhero in a super, it was, it was just like the worst superheroes in a, in a team. And that's pretty much it. I just took weird, like matter eater lad, arm fall off boy. Like all like, like a team of all of those heroes. Right. And the villain was like captain boomerang or something. And that was pretty much it is that I had a pun. And then the pun pun is, is that it's just us. And it sounds like justice, but it's just us. Cause we're not that good. Like you want the Justice League, but it's just us. I think I think that's uh, the premise for James Gunn's version of the Suicide Squad. Probably. It um, seems like there's a fuck ton of people in there. I have a doll commercial, but it's for like an Annabelle haunted doll. <laughs> nice. And so it's like they're trying to sell it like for kids, but the I don't know the the doll like turns its head to the camera. And like slowly you realize like, oh, this is a fucking haunted doll. Annabelle. And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) I just like how all of these are setups. (laughs) No punchlines, just setups. I I was just an ideas man. I I had all (laughs) these ideas for skits and, and would not follow through with them at all. I have another premise for a skit. So, uh... Basically, it was like a, uh, this is like a cut scene from Air Bud, the movie Air Bud. Yeah. And that is, at some point in the movie Air Bud, the coach has to take someone off the bench. Love or it. has to put something, has to put someone on the bench so that Air Bud can play in the game. That's a great idea. That's a good, that, that, that is set up and punchline. Yeah, you have a full team of kids that are playing basketball. 
and the coach has to walk up to the worst kid and be like, yeah. hey. Whose dreams are you going to crush? <laughs> yeah. We got this dog. <laughs> we got this fucking it's pr- dog. It's pretty good at basketball. If you could just take the take the rest of the game on the bench so that this dog can play basketball. Take your fucking jersey off. Give it to the golden retriever. <laughs> You're officially and second string to a dog. I have a someone who is roommates with a ghost. Okay, a class, a classic. Um, um fucking, odd couple show. Odd couple. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. let's see. This one I wrote some stuff down. So this guy would be roommates with the ghost. And the ghost would say things. That, this is what I wrote down in my notes. <laughs> so this guy would be roommates with the ghost, and the ghost would say things like, "This is my house," and <laughs> the live guy would complain about how it's not his house because he doesn't pay rent. And there'd be other scenes to say more ghost things. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> setups. Like the live guy would walk into a bathroom. And the ghost would come in and say, like, get out. And more <laughs> stuff like that. And more stuff like that would happen. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> this is this is great because you really get to see the seed of an idea and nothing else. <laughs> Truly just be being like, hey, what is ghost is a roommate or his roommate is a ghost? Uh, you figure it out. <laughs> and then he like, says more ghost I, things. And he says more ghost things. That's like if that's like if the people who made cats were like, <laughs> Yeah, it's cats, and then that's it, and then never made the movie. And that's what happened. Is that they said and then they say more cat things. Cat and the writers things. were like, What? Cats got your tongue? I don't know. What are cat things? What, what, what's a jellicle cat? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then they say jellicle cat things. I, wh- what? Like, yeah, one eats food. One eats food. Truly, one's every name character. One's Bustafer, and we're going to leave it at that. One eats food. Uh, one uh, dances. One is one's a, a thief. magician. One is old. His name's Asparagus. I need an Andrew Lloyd Webber to my T.S. Eliot, because clearly, <laughs> clearly I'm T.S. Eliot here with my ghost roommate set up, and I need I need a Andrew Lloyd Webber, Webber to just take it and run with it and and make terrible things. You know what? I I think if if um if need be, uh, I can fill that role because I'll I'll just I'll just I'll just whip out a, a synth and then call it a day. So. So Tim, what are what are you left with after I'm this experience? With, I'm left with an overwhelming um feeling of self-doubt and confusion that will only be exacerbated by watching the VHS version of Cats, the stage version of Cats, um, when we inevitably do that episode in the future. Okay, because it can't be the next episode. We need absolutely we need, we, we, we need a uh, we need a um tolerance break. We need cats. a cats detox. We <laughs> we need to watch a movie that we can enjoy. Governor Cuomo actually just issued a um an executive order 
uh, that was if you come back from any of the 20 states with current coronavirus hotspots or watch the Cats movie, you have to quarantine for two weeks. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you watched it at home. And that makes sense because if you're caught outside of your house after watching Cats for two weeks, um, you could tell other people to watch Cats. Yes. And then it just spreads. And then everybody will have watched Cats. Yeah, and then it's going to make Universal Pictures too much money. And then they're going to make a sequel. Called Cats's. <laughs> Cats again. W- what feelings are you left with, Jameson? <sighs> the feelings that I'm left with are kind of empty. Because I watched this movie the first time, and I yeah. think I felt the, th- the same things that you did. And that was like confusion, disappointment, all this stuff. And I kind of went into... Lust. I went to it the second time expecting expecting the movie that we saw, but kind of hoping that there was more to it, like I was missing something. No, you didn't miss a damn thing. I did not miss anything, unlike The Shape of Water, where I could watch that multiple times and get something out of it the second or the third time. Uh, please, if you have to watch Cats at all, and I like don't watch cats, but if you are like clockwork clockwork orange style strapped to a chair with your eyelids peeled open, mm-hmm. uh, don't watch it a second time because I, I, I agree. There's nothing else to get out of it. I, I, I mean, I even watched the behind the scenes like I. You really went all in on this experience. I did. I wanted to understand the making of this movie because the topic was acting. So to me, I wasn't expecting to talk so much about the movie as much as I was expecting to talk about the experience of making the movie. Because I imagined that it it was acting in this movie must have been so weird. Yeah. I so thousand percent I, agree. Yeah, so I wanted to watch the behind the scenes to get an understanding of what it was like to be an actor in this film. This is an open call to anybody who was involved in Cats. Yes. Please come on the show and we will interview you about what it was like to be in Cats. And this goes for the stage version, too. If for some reason you want to talk about this to a podcast that has, let's call it, about 20 people listening generously generous that's fucking generous just to have fun just to have fun with it because it's cats and no one's ever gonna see it you can talk shit tom hooper all you want (laughs) any story that you don't want to see the light of day share it here it will not get out this is this is what entertainment weekly calls the void When Entertainment Weekly reviewed our show, they called it a black hole of content. <laughs> the, the reviewer said, "The reviewer said, even though I listened to it, I did not hear a damn thing." It's, it's like listening to a secret. They said it's like listening to white noise for for an hour and a half. Ugh, fuck. 
Well, Jameson, I think I think that's a perfect spot to end it. Sometimes accidents happen on purpose. <laughs> You're so right. Sometimes You're you go so out right. with an intention, and the accident is that you had that intention in the first place, and you yeah. thought that it was a good idea to make cats. I'm talking to you, Tom Hooper. Why did you make this movie? <laughs> I mean, we could even talk to, <coughs> talk to Andrew Lloyd Webber because. He fucking wrote this. That's true. But either way, I'm grateful they did. Yeah, because... I love... I... Talking about this movie, I love this movie, actually. (laughs) I I hated it, but I love the experience. I can't say the same. I mean... (sighs) I'm just so confused and baffled that I have no choice but to love it. Sure, because... Those are feelings you only feel so rarely. So I think that's the show. I think I think that's it. So you can catch us online at Accidents Pod on Twitter and at Accidents Happen Pod on Instagram. I am Jameson Styles on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. I think maybe those aren't my names, but I don't care to look it up at the moment. <laughs> And then my my shit is uh, at Timmy Brenner for both Twitter and Instagram. Don't watch cats. We watch it. We watch we it and let us it know. For you, let it, watch it and then just message us with your thoughts. That too. If you've watched cats, contact us. Tell us how it made you feel. <laughs> if you have watched cats, you were entitled to financial <laughs> compensation. Claire Cunningham. Claire Cunningham, this is for you. (laughs) All right. See you guys. Fucking do your jellical best, folks. (laughs) 